Hey friend, welcome to Spill It with Rios. Whether it is morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are in the world listening in, we are all about keeping it real. My name is Nerissa, and I'm so excited that you are here. I want to take you on this journey where we sit down and talk about tips on how to achieve your goals while living in the moment and taking those tools to strive forward. So without further ado, let's dive right into it. Hello, hello, hello. We are here on another Sunday of Spill It With Rios. Um, as you can tell, hopefully I can hear me, but as you can tell, we had a little, we skipped the week. You know, I think we're at this point where you guys know I want to give the best and be the best and give everything I can for you guys on this podcast. Just why I had to take a little break um, with some things, but I think I felt like I was called in my heart. Um, I had to ponder on it to talk about this topic today. And that's why I labeled it as blended talk. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to make it a series. Um, I have that in the back of my head just to, I guess, see more perspective in the for blended talks, so this in particular is just called blended talk, as in blended family. What is a blended family? A blended family is defined as, or so, like a step family. So it's like a family union or a family unit formed by a union of parents, one or both where that brings child a child or children together from previous like previous unions or into the new a new house so obviously for example um for those that know i am a stepmom as well i have three amazing i love them so much um kids who are now all teenagers been in their life for quite a while um longer than people may think and we are we were a blended family. Um, obviously, when one woman was born, that's more of a blended family because my husband and I, that's our daughter together. And then my husband had three kids prior to being with me. Um, long story short, that's a blended family. So I want to call this blended talk because we all know each family dynamic and situation is different. That being said... There are very general strategies that we all will consider. And I want to share with you um, these strategies because obviously I've been through them. And I want to see if you guys have been through this as well, not just in like an ablended family situation, just in general in a new situation in regards to family. Um, I'm no expert. I just, like I said, I'm no expert in this kind of stuff. I just want to share and be on this journey with you guys. Um, when it comes to these types of tools and strategies, um, that you might want to consider to help members in your blended family feel seen and cared for, it will help and can help smooth a transition in combining households and or even family time. Um, with that being said, the first, I obviously want to make this as concise as possible as well, because this is a very, some some, a very, hard topic to talk about um but one thing i i love 
a tool that I use, always do is give, give it time. Um, a lot of people say time is of the essence. This, on the other hand, is where time is so important. Combining families in general, especially if it entails combining households, can feel a bit chaotic at times, and in some cases. It can take time for everyone, every single member of the family to adjust logistically, emotionally, and in other ways. So patient and compassion along the way are generally key. Like, so, for example, um, before I had Wendelin, I had, you know, I was a single, single person working full time and basically I had free time. Um... When I got with my husband and we started dating, for me, for me, family for me is when some people will say the pa- you get the whole package. I don't believe in that shit. Sorry. But I don't call it package. I call it, this is who they are. This is them. So when I was introduced to my stepkids, I'm like, they're part of my life from the get-go for me. Now, you may not be the same way, but that's me. What does that mean? That means I changed my life for my stepkids to the best of my ability when I was just my husband's girlfriend at the time. Now that I'm his wife and my kids are also older, the logistics shift a little. So I am bonus mom, but at the same time, giving my older kids the freedom because they, some freedom because they are teenagers that can make some, some decisions for themselves. And if it's a decision that cannot be agreed upon, we talk about it. That's why we always say we give it time. Um, I think it's also amazing to see how we all communicate to each other in a certain way, especially with my oldest because he's in college. Uh, <laughs> I've known him since he was like 10. So almost 10 years knowing my my oldest stepkid. Um, he's practically my son at this point. They're all practically my kids, but he's practically my son. He calls me mom, obviously. That's another thing I want to touch on. Give everything time. My oldest calls me mom. My other two kids call me Ness or Narissa. Neither response is incorrect. I'm going to repeat that. Neither response is incorrect, whether they call me mom or Ness or, or anything. The respect is there. The line is there. I don't want to force my kids to call me mom. Because they have a mom who I utterly and genuinely respect because she she brought them into this world, physically brought them into this world. And honestly, blood related, they're not my kids. The reality is they're not my kids. However, as a bonus mom, for me, as a bonus parent, I treat them that they're like they're my own. So every relationship is different. So obviously my two older ones, the now uh, 15-year-old, 15-year-old and 19-year-old, I came into their life when like kind of halfway, like they were old enough to see what was going on, Um, old enough to see like the transition. And it was a little bit harder for them. I don't blame them. But my youngest, who is now 12, I came into his life when he was five. So... Now that he's 12, it's, I've been in his life for more than half. Of, I've been a part of his life for more, more than half. So this is the norm for him is different versus his other two siblings because time is different, right? 
So yeah, he'll call me mom every here and there, but he'll still call me miss because it's one of those for him, it's on a respect level. Same with my other two on a respect level, but also on a comfortability level. Everyone takes time. And I think that also gives um, my husband and I that communication talk. We give everything sometimes, especially as we continue to grow our family. Um, it helps us to stay consistent, be mindful of any changes that need to be made that involves the kids, that involves us. And we all remind ourselves that we especially remind our kids that they're loved and they are listening and it can all be especially helpful during that period. Everything takes time. And I think regardless of age, I feel like communication, understanding, and respect should be present. And I feel like that not only for the six of us, I have to include Gwendolyn because we are getting older, but also for any family, got to be, the respect has to be there, especially for the kids and the parents. So that's one tool and not one takeaway I want to share with you guys. Another is providing structure. Now that one was, that is a tough one because children can be very adaptable and resilient in the right environment. So to provide them with the support they need as the family transitions, it's often helpful to ensure that there is some sort of structure or routine in place. Like, this is what time we're all going to bed around general area ballpark because we, they are a little bit older. They know what time they should go to bed and they know what time they need to wake up. Their responsibilities at the house, family bonding time, normally Saturday, like for example, Saturdays are normally, depending on weather, are the days that we like to get out of the house. Where? Don't know. It could be the same place over and over again just to get out of the house. And it's more of a, and also in regards to structure, we have a stable living environment on all examples of these that for myself and for you and your partner, for myself and my husband, for example, can set up in order to benefit the children that we are raising together. So in our house, I'm going to be very clear. In our house, we raise our kids together. So though my husband may say something, we always talk about it, especially when, when it comes to Wendell and when it comes to Christopher, when it comes to Leslie, when it comes to Junior, we always talk about it in some shape or form and we'll each have an opinion and find a solution either way. Um, obviously, as adjustments come and all the changes in their lives happen, there are predictable structures that can help kids feel grounded, like I said, routines. So for those, so for those that know, a lot of the time, bedtime routines are very important, especially when kids are younger. For our kids, um, since they're all in different age groups, one's in middle school, one's in high school, one's in college, one, yes, they are all, all old enough to know what time is bedtime and what time they need to wake up in the morning. But it's also allowed them to, like, with improvement of sleep and, and development in the family and other potential benefits because they know when we say, hey, it's time for bed, there's one where we're going to communicate it and there's one where we're going to be nagging it. Now, I've been, I've been guilty of saying, like, you got to go to sleep. You got to go to sleep. It's 1030. Oh, it's 1035. It's 1040. 
guilty. Guilty, guilty, guilty. And no kid wants to hear that because I know I don't want to hear that. And I'm I'm already in my 30s. I don't still don't want to hear that from my parents. You gotta do this, you gotta do this, you gotta do this. No, I don't want to hear that now. But if you communicate it to them and it's just more like I told you so, they'll feel it. You may not see it physically, but the kids will feel it. They'll be like, okay, mom was right. Oh, Narissa was right. Dad was right. Right? Remaining flexible. Now, although structure is important, I do want to say flexibility is important too. Sticking it too rigidly and not allowing for feedback and changes can cause problems, which is why communication is really important. Sometimes the way you originally envision some element of your blended family life or your family life may not end up being realistic. So, for example, if there's something in my mind, in my mind, in my mind, that may seem great, like, oh, I can do this for Leslie, I can do this for Junior, I can do this for Bruce, Gwendolyn, Fernando, and then I end up doing it, like, 100%, like, in person, like, in reality, it's like, doesn't end up the way I want it to be majority of the time. And that's okay. That's why it's always good to leave room for changes and plans and new feelings can arise that will be helpful to improve and remain flexible. Here's another example. Putting too strong an emphasis on bonding time as a family right away might be too much for some kids, especially for the young adults or teenagers and are those who are having an especially difficult time with the transition. So for example, my teenagers, phone, TV, video games. So if we tell them something like, hey, we're going to go eat ramen, we all know they love ramen. It's their favorite thing to do. So even though you may have um, imagined engaging in a certain time with close family time every other night, it is, it is important to adjust your expectations and to give the children a bit more space at first and it can go a long way towards easing the transition over a long period of time. This next tool, um, I'm going to keep it short because it is a little sensitive, and but it's important. So that's why I'm going to talk about it with Vanessa. Um, this important tool in regards to blended, blended families and blended talkers to manage relationships with the ex-partner. Now, if both partners are bringing children from previous relationships, so if there's a stepmom, stepdad involved, and bio mom and bi- or bio dad are still involved in the kid's life, there's potential for the ex-partner to continue to be involved in the kids' lives. So obviously, sometimes, especially if there's rough patches, there could be custody agreements with co-parents in the same area may have to interact with, where you may have to interact with the ex or their, or your partner's ex with me. So in this case, it's my partner's ex. Doing your best to keep these relationships cordial stable and calm does benefit the kids and help avoid conflict. Now let me explain. And I can only speak for my side, on my side, on my husband's side, on my husband's behalf. 
for the longest time in my friendship with my husband. And we've been friends for a while. I kid you not, not one bad thing has come out of his mouth about his mother of his kids. And though it's been rough for them, I know understand it's been rough for him. And also there have been times where it does get stressful. He has never spoken bad about the mother of his kids, especially to me too. I will say especially to me, especially to his family, especially to my family and people that he knows. Not He's never spoken bad about her. Um, I know when that happens, it's for him to do that and do it in front of his kids and still encourages his kids like, hey, don't forget your mom's birthday. Hey, don't forget it's Mother's Day. Hey, don't forget it's Christmas. One, it pushes me to do that too because I'm not, I'm co-parenting with him, with my stepkids. So it pushes me to be like, hey, so the kids can see it's for the kids to see um, that dad acknowledges mom. That's in every single case. Dad acknowledging mom or mom acknowledging dad. Um, obviously not all cases are like that. But like I said, this is me only briefly explaining how it is on our end. We don't talk bad about um, the kid's mom in front of the kid because it is not healthy. It's not healthy to do that because it will alienate the mom. We would alienate the kid away from the mom. And we don't want to do that. To keep it as cordial as possible for the kid, it needs to, the kids need to be first between mom and dad. And that's it. Okay? And lastly, I think I've touched a base on this um, on this topic. And I'm going to repeat it again. Keep lines of communication open. I think I've emphasized that's enough throughout the pod through this episode where it's so important to just set aside some time to regularly check in and communicate and communicate about how things are growing and can ensure all family members. So for example, myself, my husband and my four kids, feelings, frustrations, suggestions, requests about the new family dynamic or about the current family dynamic. It's clear. We want to, you always want to. You always want to make sure everyone feels comfortable, and everyone has a clear understanding of what the other needs. So, if for example, Fernando has something, Fernando has to understand something on Leslie's end. Leslie also has to understand as a as an older child, one of the older child has to understand her dad as well. It has to be a two way street, never a one way street. They also have to. You also have to remember, especially kids. Kids will know who their parents are. There's no replacement unless there's a certain situation. My kids know who their dad is. My kids also know who their mom is. Okay. Teaching this to your kids and having have them that having that open communication with them gives them a better understanding about what it means to practice practice active listening, setting rules related to respect, honesty and interrupting and et cetera and all that stuff when someone is talking or if something's happening, they grow and learn that level of respect and honesty and understanding. It allows them to set boundaries for themselves and learn what boundaries are. I think it's beautiful and important just to know that because when 
you do go into a situation where it's combining families or entering a blended family, you have the chance to create new traditions, memories, and connections as a new blended unit. So yeah, the family unit, it's still present, but this one in itself, a new one can have its own little core. It's natural, however, to experience challenges along the way, obviously. Some strategies for helping manage the transition could include creating structure for your kids, of course, keeping lines of communications open, and remaining flexible as needed. Of course, it's always needed. Um, obviously, like I said, I'm not an expert in this kind of stuff. So I know there are experts out there, like therapists or um, family matters and all that stuff, additional support, who do work on this type of stuff. And I encourage if you, and I encourage it because it's very important for not only for the parents but also for the kids. So that's my little two cents today, guys. Um, thank you so much for continuing to support this podcast. I wouldn't be where I am today without you guys. So until the next episode, Houston. Thank you so much for listening in. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean so much to me if you shared it with a friend or shared the episode on social media and tag me so I can personally thank you for getting the message out. I'm humbled and grateful to be on this journey with you. So until next time, I'll talk to you again soon.